Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Craig Dyson. My wife, Kara, and I are the pastors of Convo Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the message. Joshua is one of my favorite Bible characters because uh, his life, in some way, kind of mirrors my growing up. Uh, They didn't have church then like we have church now. The nation of Israel in the context of the Old Testament was, uh, was like a, a precursor to what the modern day church is. It was God's chosen people. He used them in, in many different ways to demonstrate his glory. Uh, he, he loved his people. He did special things for the nation of Israel throughout Old Testament history. And uh, so when you look at the nation of Israel that uh, for 400 years was, was in slavery in the nation of, of Egypt at the time, and so there's this young boy named Joshua who's raised in the environment of slavery but was a part of coming out of that with the nation of Israel as God was trying to take them into the promised land, into their, the land that God had set apart for the nation of Israel. And uh, he followed a leader called Moses. Anyone ever heard of Moses? Uh, he, he's fairly well-known in the Bible context. But he, this, Joshua was raised in that environment. So all he really ever knew was being with the people of God and seeing their, uh, their, their, their good times, seeing their bad times, seeing their ugly times, seeing God be faithful, seeing God forgive, seeing God's love poured out on his nation, uh, and seeing, seeing that hunger develop inside of him for the presence of God. And so when we read this uh, in Joshua chapter 24, this is actually happening at the very end of Joshua's life. And so he's seen some stuff because even though I I say there's some stuff in his life that kind of makes me think of my life, I did not grow up as a general in a physical military because his adult life, that's pretty much all Joshua knew was leading military, uh, fighting military battles, conquering nations so that they could inhabit the land that God had set aside for them. And uh, so I don't, I don't know that reality, but he did. But the thing that we do have in common is being raised in an environment where through your ups and downs as an individual, you learn to have a passion for the presence of God, which, uh, which Joshua definitely did. But So he finds himself here. Towards the end of his life, they have, uh, through the earlier chapters of Joshua, they had come into the promised land and, and they began to send different tribes of Israel to go and to conquer and inhabit different portions of the promised land that they were going to be allotting to different tribes of Israel. And so in, in chapter uh, 24, I'm going to read starting in verse 11, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, when you, this is uh, Joshua talking and addressing the entire nation. He goes, when you crossed the Jordan River and came to Jericho, the men fought against you. The men of Jericho fought against you, as did the Amorites, these are great names, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hivites, this is my favorite one, the Girgashites, the Hivites, it's okay to laugh because I think it's funny, the Hivites and the Jebusites. But I gave you victory over them. Key word here, this is a God gave victory. I gave you victory over them. And I sent terror ahead of you to drive out the two kings of the Amorites. It was not your swords or bows that brought you victory. I gave you the land you had not worked on. And I gave you towns you did not build and the towns where you, the towns where you were now living. I gave you vineyards and olive groves for food, though you did not plant them. So fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. Can you say wholeheartedly? Can you say it wholeheartedly? (laughs) See what I did there. Okay. 
Uh, oh, sorry, I stopped in the middle of a sentence. That's not good. Put away forever your idols, the idols your ancestors worshiped when they lived beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. Serve the Lord alone. If you have a Bible, that's a great place to underline that, which, yes, you can write in your Bible. God does not frown upon that, as far as I know. <clears throat> but if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? Notice the lowercase g there. Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Joshua was making a declaration, not in his days of youth. He was actually repeating something that he had seen exemplified from Moses and had exemplified in his own life. But now as an old man towards the end of his years, uh, he's not in his 40s with some young children. He's now well in his years, and there's a good chance he not only has seen his grandkids, but has also now seen his great-grandkids in this particular context. So he's making a declaration in this moment, not just for him and his little two or three kids, his 2.3 kids in his house. He's making a declaration from his, for his family, even for the generations to come. And there's something so powerful about this. He actually goes on to even challenge the nation of Israel because they're like, oh, no, no, Joshua, no, we're good. We're, we're gonna serve the Lord. And I even wrote in my Bible right here, it says, um, it says though they had already uh, chosen to not serve God, because if you'd study throughout the history of them coming out of the wilderness and even coming into the promised land, the nation of Israel continually went into worshiping the different false gods and idols of the lands where they were. They continually allowed themselves to be influenced and manipulated and respond to the gods of the land that they were passing through. So it's, Joshua isn't declaring a new statement for the nation of Israel. Be like, okay, now that we're here, let's press reset and now let's start serving the Lord because it was the Lord that actually got him to this point. He was repeating something that had been spoken to him and demonstrated in his life for many, many years and saying, listen, Israel, I'm about to be done with my portion of this journey, but if you don't continue to follow the same Lord that brought you out of slavery, freed you, and set you up in a place that none of us actually even deserved, then it will be very easily taken away from you because we need to remember where our blessings come from. Amen? We got to remember, church, we got to remember where our blessings come from. And so I want to pose a question to you. We're going to, throughout the month of Thanksgiving, just because it, it makes sense, we're going to talk about being blessed, okay? And I don't mean like, you know, hashtag blessed, which that's what I'm going to call it. But, uh, you know, so I use like Bruno Mars style blessing. Uh, I don't know, you know, if you think Bruno's hashtag blessed, maybe he is. I don't know if Cardi B's living her best life. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. But I do know that I think that word has been so watered down by culture. It's been so watered down by probably, let's, let's be serious about who the most guilty people are. The word blessed has been watered down mostly by the church because we have decided to embrace a level of blessing that actually really kind of smacks God in the face because God's like, really, you think that's blessing? Well, you know, I got, a, I got a roof over my head, so, you know, I'm blessed. There's people that don't have a roof over their head. Well, that's true. There are people that don't have a roof over their head. And so in the context of comparison, maybe you consider that to be a blessing. But the Bible actually tells us in Corinthians that those who compare themselves among themselves are not wise. Comparison is a destiny killer. 
It is. It will destroy the plans that God has for your life because instead of you seeing the plans that God has, you compare your life to other people's lives and you, you can always find somebody who's struggling more than you. And I'm sure on the flip side, you can always find somebody who's doing better than you too. But it's usually those that are doing worse than us that makes us feel like we don't have to push quite as hard or we don't have to work as hard or we don't have to, to really go for the things that God has for us because we're already so much further ahead than X, Y, and Z. And we allow ourselves to kind of settle in a comfort zone in our relationship with God, in a comfort zone of where God has us because we've seen somebody else say, well, you know, I'm, I'm definitely better off than them. I'm such a blessed person. I don't think we really know what it means yet to be blessed. I'm not sure if we do. Um, this is, this is a, a scripture that, that I think really sets the tone for how God desires to bless us. And it's a, it's a scripture that we used our very first series that we did, There Is More. We're talking about how for your life, you need to realize that the plans that God has for your life are incredible plans that if he just, if he just, if he just gave you a book right now or a roadmap that had every single thing that he desires for you to do and accomplish and experience, it would, it would blow your mind. Probably to the point of you saying, that's, that's a good one, God. That, ah, that, you got me. Nice try. That's not realistic. And God's like, no, that's actually what I, what I have for you. But we sell short on God and we sell short on the plans that he has for us because in the moment, we don't have the faith or maybe even the endurance in the moment to embrace the crazy awesome things that God wants to do in our life. We write ourselves off because while well, we're like, well, I... Maybe, maybe that was God's version of me had I not done whatever's in my past. God's like, nope, that's not how it works. Because under the cross and the blood of Jesus, you, you actually, your past is gone from the record of God. And actually the past, even though there's nothing from your past, once you're forgiven that will be held against you in your future, God's like, well, I was gonna bless you, but you remember that? Remember that Friday night? Yep, yeah, you remember that? Yeah, well, there goes that one part of your future. Good job. Add some great, well, we'll just try something else. It won't be quite as good, but it'll still be okay. No, stop selling yourself short on who you are and who God says you are and what you can be. Doesn't matter if you have had parents or no parents or any person in your life who has been talking down to you since you were a kid. It doesn't matter if you've had people your whole life telling you that you are good for nothing, never gonna amount to anything, or that the, the last name that you have is defining who you will be, or the color of your skin is going to define who you can and who you cannot be, or the number of zeros uh, uh, after the decimal point in your bank account account, define who you are and what you can be. Stop limiting yourself because God created you in his image and every single person has the potential of God inside of them. Okay, starting to preach a little bit. Somebody said one time, I'm preaching better than you're responding, but y'all are getting there, so I appreciate that. Okay, Ephesians 3.20, it says, now all glory to God who is able. Who is able? Oh, that's always a good, that's usually a pretty safe answer when you're in church. If you don't know, just be like, God, Jesus, Bible, anyone? Okay, good, we got one. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power, another quiz, whose power? His power uh, at work within you. So here you get to be a part of that equation. Isn't that cool? It's not just God, you know, sprinkling pixie dust and you just kind of float through life and great things happen and, you know, you, you, you get good grades or you get that promotion in your job or you, you get that, that, that dream marriage that you've been thinking, you just kind of float through life. No, it's, it's God's work, but it's his work at work through you. 
That means you get to actually have a part in this. There is something that has something to do with how you live, how you operate, how you think, the decisions that you make, the choices that you make do impact God working through you. Where am I? Here we go. To accomplish infinitely more than we may ask or even think. God wants to do infinitely more through your life, in your life, more than you could even think about asking him. Because I've asked God for some pretty big stuff. I remember, gosh, I remember almost 12 years ago asking God, God, we, we want to start a church. What, what does that mean? What does that look like? Where is that going to be? Who are these people going to be? And even, even now, like even at this stage, guys, this, this is infinitely more than I have asked or imagined. And God's so graciously laughing at me. Do you know that God's laughing at you, but it's not in a mocking way? He's like, oh, that's cute. You know, it's like, oh, oh, look, you accomplished something. Good job. All right, are you ready to move on? Because there's more, you know. To accomplish infinitely more than we may ask or even think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever. Amen. I don't know if the people that we see uh, in our culture that are making all the money and they've got all the attention, I don't know if they're, I don't know if they're blessed or not. Uh, I, actually, I guess it's not really my job to determine somebody else's level of blessing, but what it is my job is to be able to pick up God's word because it's our foundation, right? Come on. Our foundation comes from the word of God. The word of God foundation in our life builds values inside of us. Those values begin to create a culture in our life, and that culture is going to feed a mission. Every life has a mission, every life has a culture, but either you can be intentional about the culture that you develop for the mission, or you can just let life take its course because the world will build a culture in you if you choose to not build your own culture. That'll preach all by itself. Actually, it did. We did a series about that last month. Anyway, um, but the culture that God wants to build in you is one that builds a life that is about more than just yourself. You know that God wants to bless you, not just so that you can be blessed. Um, God doesn't want to bless you just so that you can post a picture on Instagram of the new car that you were just able to get because you're so hashtag blessed. God doesn't just want to bless you with that beautiful home that you've been dreaming of and you finally got the keys because that you're hashtag blessed. You know, God doesn't want to limit you or limit the blessings that he has for your life just to your pocket. God's trying to do something inside of you that is going to impact the people around you. God wants to bless you, not just for you. He wants to bless you because somebody around you needs to rub off on what God is doing inside of you. So there was a question that Joshua was posing to the entire nation of Israel, and it had to do with challenging them on the gods that they were serving. I mean, this was, it could have been an awkward moment. I mean, with this, this wasn't just some you know, final beautiful exhortation from a leader about to transition authority to another, another leader as the nation moved forward. No, this was Joshua literally for the nation of Israel. And I'll be careful, I'm not gonna walk in front of the speakers, but literally drawing a line in the sand and getting on one side of the line and saying, hey, me and my family, we're gonna serve the Lord. What about you? Who are you gonna serve? Well, you know, they came back, well, the Lord, obviously. Joshua, what are you talking about? We, we're here, we're with you. You know, we fought in the battles. Come on, we, we, you know, we do all the sacrifices the way that we're taught. And, you know, we're, you know you, you've taught what Moses would teach us. We're following the Lord. What do you think? Yeah, Mo, Joshua kept coming back at him like, 
no, I don't think you get it because from my vantage point, what I'm seeing is I'm seeing that you're, you're giving in to the gods of the culture around you when you say you're following the Lord. And, and, uh, and, and that's, that's a little bit difficult, right? Like there's a little bit of poking in the chest going on. There's, they, they continue to say, no, we, we choose. Okay, Joshua, we see what you're saying. We choose to serve the Lord. A couple of verses later, Joshua even says, you're not even able to serve the Lord. It's like, man, what, what we got to do here? But he, as a leader, he was pushing something that needed to be pushed to make a point that needed to be made. And so I think the challenge of how that applies to us, the church in America, there are so many people that Kara and I have had the, the privilege of meeting and that are even now a part of Convo Church that the stories, it's almost like people are, are reading the same script that's been passed around. Like, you know, I was, I was a part of this movement, or I was a part of this church, or I was a part of this thing, and, and it just got weird, and people got hurt, and it got ugly, and we got hurt, and things happened to us, and, and we thought we were just done with the whole church thing, done with God, and, and because if that's what it's all about, then I don't want to have anything to do with it. And, and I remember thinking to myself, I'm like, man, if that's what it is about, I don't know if I want to have anything to do with it. And so we would ask ourselves, you know, how do we keep that from happening? How do we keep from um, having the same mistakes that other generations have made and that, and that other, and I say it graciously, but that other churches have made? And, and because, believe it or not, I actually have made mistakes. Let me just throw this out there. I think I told, for those of y'all that have been here since week one, I think my, my greeting was, you've made it to an imperfect church. Congratulations, you know. And I was like... Let's just get that out there. This is week one. Let's rip the Band-Aid off right now. This is, we're not perfect leaders. This is not a perfect church. The moment that I walked in the door, we, were, we removed that tag from the top of the door, okay? And uh, so how, but how do we create an environment and how do we build a church that doesn't steamroll people, that doesn't continue to do the things that have hurt generations of generations, that have produced people that no longer wanna be a part of who is actually the, the family of God because of the things that they've seen or heard. And, and, and I guess the only answer that I can really come back to is that, Man, we, we just have to realize that we're imperfect leaders who are, who are gonna do our best by the grace of God to wake up every single day and say, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And, uh, and I'm, I'm probably gonna mess that up eventually. I'm probably gonna not act like a holy man of God 100% of the time. I might have moments when, when somebody does or says something that, like, that hurts me or offends me, and, and I might have moments where I don't respond the way that maybe I should in those moments, but if we, any of us can continue to come back to that, that thought, that process that says, okay, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. People are our passion. They're not our enemy. They're not an obstacle. They're not just a hindrance for me doing what I want to do. It's, you know, the Bible has this, this one uh, cool proverb that says, wherever the oxen are many, the stables are always dirty. And uh, which is, you know, like that, okay, what are we, farmers? I know it's, a, it's an agricultural reference. Like, I just want to have a clean church that never has any problems. Well, we're just going to have to get rid of all of us then. Because if we can just set up an empty room and we all leave, perfection is existing. You know, it's like there's nothing happening. But we're real people, and we're real people that are not the same people. And I think that's actually the beautiful thing, because diversity is something that makes us stronger. It's not something that should be dividing us. It's something that complements the creation that God has brought into our city and in our region, and the more we look like what heaven will look like, the closer we will get to that expression of heaven here on earth. 
And so we have to continue to be a church that, that, that challenges ourselves to say, are we giving in to the gods of our culture or are we still serving the one true living God? Are we following him with our convictions? Are we following him with our values? Are we following him with our vision? Or are we allowing ourselves to be distracted by what's going on around us? And I can tell you, I have seen it happen, and in years past, I have been guilty of, of doing more than just serving the Lord, but allowing myself to get connected to little, little offshoots here, or rabbit trails here, or, or you know, popular, pop culture things here that, that begin to get the focus off of Jesus, and we have to continually be re recentering ourselves back to the focus of who Jesus is. And so my question for you would be this, what gods are you going to serve? Well, I think I already gave my life to Jesus. Well, it's, it's not really about that because you can give your soul to Jesus and you can spend eternity in heaven yet miss every aspect of heaven that God desired for you to have here on earth. You can be saved for eternity and miss your purpose on earth. That's, a, that's, a, that's not just a thought. That's a theological statement. That's something that we believe, you know, that when there's not a whole lot that I can find scripturally where Jesus talks about unsaving people. When you give your life to Jesus, the Bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that, he, that God raised him from the dead, that you will be saved. The Bible says it is God's desire that none should perish, which is why he sent Jesus into the world to die on the cross so that anyone who would put their faith in him would be saved. And so there is a, there is a salvation to experience that gets us to heaven, but there's also a daily salvation of deciding to serve the Lord every single day that prepares you to live the life that God created you to live. There are people that struggle with things here on this earth. They struggle, they struggle. Maybe it's, maybe it's sin, maybe it's addiction, maybe it's a, a sickness that they're not able to, to wrestle with, that, that they get stuck in here on earth, but they still have an eternity awaiting them in heaven that's gonna be free from those things. But, but I would say, okay, so what can we do to be able to live the life that God created, the blessed life that God created us to live here on earth? And I wanna tell you that it starts with serving the Lord. It starts with serving the Lord. And so, and that's where, babe, why don't you come on up and hop on the keyboard. We're gonna wrap things up here. And, and I wanna pray for you. But listen, as, as we move forward, I feel like um, I, want, I want you to be blessed. And I don't just say that, well, can, can we, we're gonna recapture the meaning of this word. We're gonna recapture the importance of this word, blessed. I want you to be blessed. I want your marriage to be blessed. I want your relationships to be blessed. I want your finances to be blessed. I want your getting up in the morning to be something where you're not dreading the day, but you realize that I'm serving the Lord today and my day is gonna be blessed today. And we gotta get past this fake pretense of, of just feeling like we gotta put it on and, and uh, just come to church. And how are you this morning? I am blessed. Are you? I, th I think I am. But are you? Well, maybe not. Yes, we have to speak faith in the situations. Yes, we don't always just walk around just calling our cards like, no, I'm having a crappy day and a crappy thing's happening to me. I mean, some, there's time to be honest, um, but be honest if you wanna deal with it. Don't be honest just for the sake of raining on everybody else's parade. And sometimes you have to say, okay, yeah, there's some stuff going on right now that I, it's not great, but am I blessed? Yeah, I think I actually am. I think I actually am blessed because I realize that what's happening in my life right now doesn't define me. I realize that the stuff being done to me 
doesn't mean that I deserve those things. I realize that the, the trials that I'm facing doesn't necessarily define what my life is going to be. Yeah, God loves me, I'm blessed, I've got purpose. My life has purpose, my relationships have purpose. I wanna speak right now to, to parents and future parents. Um, you can make a decision of the direction that you will lead your children. God did not give you children just so that you could be their best friend and hope that eventually they find their own path. Your calling as a parent is to lead them in their path. Now eventually they have to make the choice to walk in that path on their own. But you have roughly 18 years to instill in them the direction and the values and that you desire them or that the word of God desires them to walk in. And the Bible actually makes a promise that if you train a child in the way that they will go, when they are older, they will not depart from it. And so don't, don't judge the success of your parenting right now based maybe on what you see in the moment, but you continue to lead them in the right direction. Continue to do what Joshua did whether you are a whole family unit, whether you're a single mom or a single dad, doesn't matter who you are, you get to stand up and make the decision as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Because when you serve the Lord, what that means is that you're about what God's about. That's what you're about. You're gonna make the things that are important to God important in your family. You're gonna make the priorities that God's word lays out a, prior, a priority in your family, a priority, a priority in your relationship. And so that's just a little extra for all the parents and the future parents out there. It's never too late to turn in a direction and follow the Lord. It's never too late. Thanks again for listening to the Convo Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message, do us a favor. Subscribe to this podcast, rate and review us on iTunes, and share our podcast with your family, friends, and team members. If you live in the Reno area, come and be a part of Convo Church. Check us out on convochurch.com and follow us on social media at Convo Church. We'll see you next time here on the Convo Church Podcast.